Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ooh, ooh. What up? This is Bobby the Garcia again. Cool Bob Love. You not check it out. Scoopy Radio. You heard? What's up? It's your boy, Lil Bibby. Boy, Duffel Bag Ran. It's Dr. Shaquille O'Neal. Hey, I'm Swin Cash at the New York Liberty, and you're checking out. Scoopy Radio. Hey, yo, check this out, son. Yeah. Watch out. Watch man. out. Now listening to Scoopy Radio. Everybody, please turn up the stereo. Tell a friend to tell a friend to let their family know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scoop about to take the glow. Man, and yeah, we're about to blow. Yeah. Five, four, three, we on the air. I know they gon' love this one, I swear. He what you needed, what you wanna. Yeah. He's the man with the plan. Uh, he need the scoop, he got the scoop, he got the truth and man he out, he ring a bell, you know it's brother in the views to get pills, now listen to yeah. radio, everybody please turn up the stereo, tell a friend to tell a friend to let their family know, yeah yeah yeah, scoop about to take the glow, man yeah we're about to blow, yeah, he's on Instagram now, follow him, at Scoop B, follow him, Scoopy Radio, at the gym. At the synagogue, at the mosque, at the church, everywhere you want to be. I am Brandon Robinson. Follow me on Twitter at Scoop B. Follow me on Instagram at Scoop underscore B. Follow me on Snapchat at Scoop underscore B. And make sure, if you haven't already, to subscribe, comment, review to Scoop B Radio on iTunes, Google Play, the Stitcher app, the TuneIn app, or simply visit ScoopBRadio.com. Today's episode features... Too short. He's got all the hits. And my guy talks about the Jay-Z, the Sean Stevenson, and LeBron James mixed with some Soldier Boy feud back in 2008 yeah. when Sean Stevenson called LeBron James overrated. And Too Short walks us through Jay-Z actually stepping in and remixing Blow the Whistle. Among other things, he talks about Drake and Jay-Z sampling Blow the Whistle. But enough out of me. DJ Maniel, cue the tape in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. It's Squilly, y'all. 
Lay some treats on us. This is Scooby Radio. What was your inspiration behind Blow the Whistle? To that point, Deshaun Stevenson, LeBron James, Jay Z. I remember when that song came out. Jay Z wrote that, yeah. and, and Oakland's like Brooklyn. No, I'm just saying that gave the song new wings too. It got a whole new life after that. Did Jay call you and say, "Yo, I'm gonna do a remix"? How did that work? Jay Z did a concert in Oakland right after that LeBron situation arose, mm-hmm. and during that concert. He played the song. I didn't come out on stage, but he played it and like sent sent me a shout out. Mm-hmm. And this crowd went crazy when he played the song. So I guess in his mind he was gearing up to. At that point he was probably thinking about signing LeBron mm-hmm. and getting to come play for the for the, the Nets. Mm-hmm. And he was he was courting LeBron and LeBron was special to him. Mm-hmm. And old boy stepped on LeBron's toes, <laughs> talking shit. And Jay was like, okay, I'm just going to shut this flow down. And all probably was the moment where he saw the, how the crowd reacted to the song. And then that was on his mind. He needed, needed a beat. And he personally got at me. It was like, he was instrumental to that. And if a rapper called me right now and said, send me an instrumental, I'll probably say something like, oh, we didn't, we didn't bounce the instrumental. That's why I don't even have one. <laughs> when, 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 Jay, when, when Jay called, I was like, it'll be there in a couple hours, man. <laughs> so, wow. You know, I had no idea what he was going to do with it, but I'm glad he did because uh, they would start playing the song in New York and they 
like St. James first days might slide in one of my verses and it just it just gave the song a new audience and then every now and then, like every two, three years, some new area discovers blow the whistle and it's a new song all over again. Which goes to my next question. How did you feel about Drake sampling uh your lyrics and for free on Khaled's album? So Blow the Whistle has been tapped into twice by um other artists. One was Jay Z and one was Drake. How would you feel about that shit? <laughs> you know what I mean? It, there's, there's nothing ill about it. There's nothing. It, Drake, I hear Drake's song. They play that song so much. Uh, a lot of times I hear it, it's followed by Blow, it's, it, it blow the Whistle precedes Drake's song. They play a little bit of Blow the Whistle and they mix Drake in or the other way around. But it gave me all new spins. And it gave the, they gave the, my song it gave it more life, and it also took a, a classic line. Scoop I go on and on, can't understand how it lasts so long. Just the first two lines, he just took it and immortalized it. So that's now a major part of two hit records, and it's, like, it's in people's brains. I wrote those words, it's, in, it's on their brain forever. 225,000 hours. I sat down and tried to calculate how many hours would like 20 years be, and it's somewhere up in that neighborhood. Wow. Who's your favorite producer? Uh, my favorite producer, I gotta go with the guys who carried me, and it's even Steven. So, uh, what they did to me at the time they did it, uh, Lil John, Jazzy Fan, and Banks. Outside of the guys that took care of me, uh, I definitely got to go with, um, I'm real shallow with this man, but I, I can't, it, it's just what, what came from, like, Dr. Dre, man, like, that's, that's our guy in hip-hop, that's, um, that's the guy who set the bar and allowed me to compare my music to his, as I was making it, I would compare my songs to the songs that he was working on, and I would put them in my car and play them back to back and I'd keep, I'd, I'd be like, man, shit, Trey, Trey did this, we can't do that, we gotta go back in there and like, listen, like, listen, like, like we adjusted a lot of songs and made them better just by comparing them side by side with Dr. Trey's songs and it was just for the levels of the vocals, the, the how high is the snare gonna be, how, how hard should the bass hit, like he, he had that shit sonically in tune perfect and we just kind of we didn't copy off of him. We just set, you know, he set the bar and we just tried to stay as close to it as possible. And with that being said, how do you see hip-hop evolving over the next decade and what other types of music do you favor? I'm just like everybody else. I, uh, I'm addicted to the music they make in Atlanta, Georgia. It's very infectious. We're all, uh, trying to do a version of it now. All the regions. Midwest, East Coast, West Coast, they're all doing their version of that South Bounce. Mm -hmm. And about 15 years ago, it seemed like something like Crunk and Bouncing would be you're like, well, you know, hip-hop move. It, 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 it was the East Coast thing. The West Coast got a good run. The South is getting a run now. Let's see who's going to be next. But really, like, Atlanta's like, we're going to be the the central major factor in hip hop. The, the, 
just the, the driving of the sound, just the, the what's hot, you know? So, I think Scoop that... Uh, B Radio. The next big thing is, is in hip-hop, it can never be predicted. Mm-hmm. We'll never see it coming. But for now, that... And it's not just a trap sound or songs that make you bounce. It's just... There's just a lot of hit records come from that area, and people are making hits in Chicago, Detroit, New York, LA. They're making hits around, you know, around around the country. But if we had to go, just look at the biggest hits in hip hop in the past two years, five years, ten years. The majority of them come, are made in Atlanta. They come from Atlanta. It's funny you say that. Only because I feel like where we are in music right now is where we were after Jay retired in 04 when it was going through Atlanta. You had T.I. coming out. Yeah. And then you had all that. But then at the same time, I feel like it's genetically mutated because now you got guys like Drake and Rihanna bringing that Bahamian sound to hip-hop. And they're singing. It's like a, a it's an identity of its own. People were scared of New York. People were scared of L.A. Now other people feel free to make it. Why do you think Bay Area artists have such a tough time making it into mainstream now? Good thing, man. The good thing is that I can make 
the same amount of money that a doctor makes by being an independent rapper. I'm going to bring in a couple hundred thousand a year just by doing shows and selling my independent tapes and selling my weed on the side. So, I mean, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? Uh, you're not B radio. as good of an artist as somebody else is because they're on a major label. Um, and the fans out there, there's so much hip-hop that you have never heard, that I have never heard, that thousands of people love. Huh. And they have their own, and the, and the people that they look, the people that love that artist, go to that artist show, they sing all the words, and if one of us popped in that concert, we'd be like, what the fuck is this? And that's just hip-hop. What are the biggest challenges over the five-year span or in this decade that you've had? Uh, recently, I think my biggest challenge would probably be, uh, which songs do I sing at which shows? Hmm. I go, I go to, I get on stage and I look out in the crowd and it's nobody over 21. Hmm. I go to the next show and nobody's under 40. I go to the next show and it's all Mexicans. <laughs> I pop up on the next show and it's fucking like white college kids. I'm like, what the fuck songs do you motherfuckers like? I got too many songs. And I'm up there, you know, just playing song louder, but I, I rock the crowd every radio. time I get it. You know, me and my DJ, we got a formula. We know, you know, we can look at the crowd and, and pretty much age, demographic, race, whatever. We know which, what the favorites are. So region-wise, you know, we know what the favorites are. But it's very challenging, man. I just, I think, uh, you know, just in terms of, like, staying relevant, I just like to work with a lot of young artists. Mm-hmm. I like to do a lot of shows with young people in the crowd. So I kind of... You know, I, I know I'm the OG. I know I'm in. The, I'm rapping, doing a show, and I see a fucking fourteen-year-old in the crowd. I know his damn, his damn, his damn, his damn granddaddy probably is bumping too short. But for some reason, he's out there rocking to the to the crowd. So rocking with the rest of the crowd. So I'm doing it, man. Who were your mentors and role models in hip hop, and what was the best advice they gave you? I was um, motivated mostly by song the message it didn't make me want to make these positive records or make these ghetto um, records that talked about hard times and stuff. it just it made me want to rap about oakland because the way they rapped about new york i could picture it and i could feel it and i wanted to rap about oakland and be radio uh role models i have to be honest and just say at the time i was developing my young career, all my role models were hustlers, hustlers that were getting money in any kind of way, and they were just taking things and quadrupling the profit, and just, I was just trying to have that mentality with music. I looked at my my product like it was drugs, and I got to quadruple my profit, you know, I was, I was like, you got to sell it like it's dope, and I, I, you know, I made songs called The Dope Thing because it's a if you listen to it, it's addictive. But as far as advice, um, somebody told me when I was not famous, somebody told me that I was going to be famous. Yeah. And I was like, you know, that's, that's the dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, just remember when you get famous, remember this. And his advice was, don't forget to have fun. And the logic was that you're going to be famous. People are going to be kissing your ass. You're going to walk in there uh, pissed off the shit ain't right and mad. And everybody, just be mad at everybody because shit ain't going your way. It's like you're going to look back one day and it's going to be over. And you're going to realize you forgot to have fun. 
is like, don't forget to have fun. And that's been like part of my um, motto the whole time I've been doing this is if we're going to do it, we're going to have fucking fun every day. And then I think uh, the best advice I ever got came from DJ Red Alert. And we had a brief conversation. Red Alert would always show me love when I bumped into him in New York. Always show me love. Just we stop, we talk, we chop it up, we smile, and touch, you know. Mm-hmm. And I and I had announced in 1996 that I was retiring, and I was, you know, doing these guest appearances with different rappers in New York. I was in New York a lot, mm-hmm. and Red saw me one day, and he was like, "Man, fuck that!" Like he was like, "Fuck that retirement shit!" Like, don't retire. And he just gave me a, a, an analogy of a blues artist and or like a, a jazz artist. He's like, what do they do? They collaborate with albums on each other. Scoop B Radio. To the senior citizens, they they um they make album after album. Doesn't matter. They never get too old just to do their job. And I started thinking about you know the next time I was up to make an album, and I said I'm not retiring. I would always think about what he told me. I'm like, man, BB King was on stage. To the end, shit, you know. Yeah. So, so that was very motivational for me. I'm, I'm, I hit, I was thirty at, at that time. He told me that when I hit forty, I'm like, man, I ain't gonna stop rapping. I made blow the whistle when I was forty, and now I'm fifty. I'm about to drop an album right now. That's like, I, you know, this, this, this shit is banging. Man. I just had, got up in the studio with uh, Zaytoven and knocked out about twelve songs. Got some uh, from from my uh, usual crew, the Jazzy Fades and stuff, and, and uh, the album is banging like it's you're not supposed to be fifty sounding like this. But my question to you is, when you decided that you wanted to retire at thirty, is it because of the perception that hip hop was a young man's game that you retired? In nineteen ninety six, a thirty year old rapper was old as fuck. Yeah, because now hip hop is like rock. And ten years later, forty year old rappers was old as fuck, and it's just. Is rising with the um, with the actual age of rappers who are staying relevant. So now Jay is what 46, 47. So you late 40s, you're still irrelevant if you if you want to be if you want to be Snoop Dogg, if you want to be Fat Joe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you want to be Busta Rhymes? You ain't got to tap out. We still rocking crowds. We still getting late. Like it's just it's, it's nothing. It's like you might not be you might not be making the songs that are in rotation on the radio right now. But you are uh, definitely driving ticket sales and uh, streaming income, uh, you know, merchandise, any, anything you endorse. And after that, outside of that, you um, you worth you worth a lot of money, man. You're listening to Scoop B Radio. I love it. Love it. Love it. Thanks for listening to Scoop B Radio. And a programming note: make sure you guys check out Scoop's top plays. Follow my Instagram at Scoop underscore B. Also, check out my Facebook like page. Search facebook.com slash scoopb. Scoop's Top Plays comes on every Saturday evening, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check it out. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 